This is Keep It Simple, a weekly discussion of significant issues regarding the Word of God and His people. Our host is Pastor Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, and the Simple Truths Radio Ministries. Good day and welcome to Keep It Simple, weekly internet talk show of the Simple Truths Radio Network with Pastor Xavier. How are we doing, sir? Good, Tony. How about yourself? Good. Ready for 2022. That's it. Let's we're, see what it has. We're launching out Head also on. in the studio with us today, our production engineer, John Durant. Hey, everybody. This is episode 219. Welcome to the show. Amen. Yes. And Pastor Sam Tirado helping us with video today and a lot of other things. God is good. Pastor X, has we've been in recent broadcasts spending some time talking, actually kind of working our way through the attributes of God in some detail. You know, I think probably some of our listeners would wonder, why is it so important for me to understand these minute details of who God is and how he, how he works? Yeah, well, the nature of God, the character of God, it's all wrapped up with the attributes of God. It's important that we understand that because he's taking the time to reveal that to us. And if we're going to make judgments on God, his person, his actions, his justice, then he reveals the reason why he does what he does through those attributes. That's why studying the Bible is so important, a doctrine. <clears throat> so basically, if it's in the scripture, I need to know about it. Right, right. That's good. Otherwise, we come up with our own um, rationales and um, human reasoning how I would handle things, and therefore God is wrong. People like to do that, sure, they unfortunately. Do that. Yeah. Last week we began uh, discussing what we're calling the communicable attributes of God. And those are the attributes that God, in, in some fashion or another, He uh, expects us to hold to. And right. He also enables us, I guess, to, to operate in those things. Right, right. And those are the, and those are the ones that He gives to us. And he holds us responsible to be able to manifest them, Amen. as we've been looking at it. Those that are his incommunicable, those are the ones that he possesses himself. And he doesn't hold us responsible for that. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's all-present. Those are his. Right. That, those, are, those are not to us. So yeah. it's important. No, no way. There are some people who think they're all-powerful. Yeah. But yeah. that's just their legends in their own mind, no. unfortunately. Yeah. Last week, we left off of the discussion of holiness, and that is the holiness of God. It seems, Pastor X, so many of the attributes <clears throat> influence one another. They're intricately related. And um, are, there, are there other communicable attributes that are especially related to the holiness of God? Well, the holiness of God is really, if you want to look at it, is the cause of everything else. Okay. Because um, um, holiness is his very nature, who he is as a person. Mm -hmm. And therefore, what follows is the manifestation of that holiness through righteousness, faithfulness, and all of that. Uh, really, it's the source of all of that. Mm -hmm. And so, even though they're all called attributes, um, some are the very source of the others that are manifested. That's interesting because, like, you could say of the Lord, you know, justice is who he is, mm -hmm. and all of his actions are based upon that. But I can, it seems to me that holiness is kind of overarching right. that because it has to do with uh, a, a, a more foundational, maybe a more fundamental part of his nature. Well, it's his very nature. He's so holy. He's under perfection, so he mm -hmm. can't make no mistakes. Amen. So everything that he manifests after that, whether it be righteousness or holiness or whatever mm -hmm. it may be, faithfulness, uh, it, it is an aspect, a manifestation that comes from that holiness. It is demanded. Amen. Uh, it can't be anything else. Right. Very important. I think we have, I mean, I do anyway, a pretty good idea of what the scripture means by righteousness. What, what would you say would be the best way for us to understand it as far as the attributes of God to define righteousness, Pastor Well, God righteousness refers to God's execution of his holiness. Okay. Uh, he's just... He's just unto perfection as uh, he deals with the creature of, uh, of man and women and even his creation. Mm -hmm. Yet man is unique in that he has to be saved. Uh, towards the unsaved, he is merciful as uh, the creator attempting to uh, bring them under conviction so they can repent. Um, towards the saved, he is gracious in directing and guiding their lives that they obey the word of God. So he deals with them but on two different bases. The non-believer doesn't have access to God. He has to come through the access of repentance and salvation. Amen. Once we're children of God, then we are subject to Him and obedient to Him, and we are accountable to Him in a greater measure than uh, as before. 
before we were dead in trespass and sins, now we're alive. And so he holds us accountable. It's interesting because, you know, the scripture constantly brings forth the idea that God's not a respecter of persons. But right. we, we do see that difference right. when you have a relationship. Right. with When right. you're in the family of God, things do change. Yeah, and that, that's a good example of uh, people saying, well, God's a respecter of persons. Mm -hmm. It isn't. No. It's, uh, man, God doesn't change. Man changes. So right. in other words, God is holy. And you have a believer and a non-believer. And he gives greater... Uh, access and only access to the believer and he's gracious to them while to the non-believer he's merciful but he doesn't deal with them as a father-son relationship they're mm -hmm. lost Amen. now from my perspective it would be he's a respecter of person but it isn't if that sinner repents now he's a, he's now the recipient of grace and everything else right so God does not change it's man that changes his position against God Man is in rebellion against God. God is not rebelling against man. Yeah. And so man is the one that changes. Fire will consume wood, hair, or stubble. Mm -hmm. It'll turn to permanency, silver, gold, and precious stone. So it depends what kind of material you are. Either you're saved or you're lost. Yeah. The fire has not changed. It's the material. So the bottom line is God would treat any person in that way if... They right, fulfill right, right. The and purpose. again, through the general revelation of Romans 1 with conscience, creation, and history, mm -hmm. man is without excuse. He knows there's a God. Amen. He knows he created everything. Yeah. From the very beginning, Adam and Eve knew it. Everybody else knew it. Everybody at the flood knew it. Yeah, that's right. Everybody after the flood knew it. But every generation gets further and further away. We have the Tower of Babel. People start making it away. Yeah. But it doesn't mean they weren't aware of it. They refuse to reject, they refuse to believe it and reject it, and they come to a place of just living separate from God. Mm -hmm. they, but it's not God's fault. They seem to do a pretty good job yeah. of convincing themselves that they don't believe it or that they don't understand it. Yeah. But the reality is very different. So in, in the Old Testament, can, can you give us maybe a thumbnail sketch of some of the language that's used for righteousness, how it shows up in the, in the language? There's the worst Sadiq. S-E-D-I-K, when it's translated from the Hebrew into the English, which means being just, lawful, right, or straight, mm -hmm. okay? And so this is God's moral and ethical um, standard uh, as um, his nature and will. Uh, he is absolutely to perfection. And so the Lord is just, impartial, unable to make mistakes, unwavering, and consistent in every one of his dealings, actions, decisions, or uh, um, unto perfection. Amen. I mean, you find it in Deuteronomy 4, 8, 16, 19, 25, 1, Amos 2, 6, 5, 12, Hosea 14, uh, 10, many different scriptures. Yeah. So uh, whatever decision he makes, he's using all the other attributes of his person to come to that conclusion. But again, it's based upon his all knowledge. He knows everything. Yeah. He can't learn anything. And then he has foreknowledge. He knows things before they happen. And then he has the epitome of wisdom, the collective factors to great understanding that there's the only thing he can come up with is the proper and only and perfect decision. Amen. And so to us, it doesn't make sense. It's kind of a cop-out for God, but it isn't. You know, it's interesting that there's so much reinforcement concerning the fact that God is righteous. Yeah. And I, I think it speaks to me of the fact that people are always prone to try and find fault in sure. what God does. And so he constantly is reinforcing yeah. this idea. Do we find uh, the same language in the New Testament, Pastor X? Sure. Um, the word righteousness is also in the Old Testament. It's a um, misbat. Okay. And it's the judgment to a judge as a judge act on the process of decision of verdict making. So it depends which way it's used. But in the New Testament, you find it all over also. Uh, the word righteous uh, means right, equal, translated righteous, appearing about 81 times in the New Testament. So you've got all these uh, aspects of God's righteousness when he's acting towards man or with man or in conjunction to man. And uh, uh, when he does, he's so merciful. Amen. He's so loving. He's so kind. Um, what it deals with is, is God, it refers to as just absolute right judgment of, of people. 
and towards people. So God acts at all times in complete conformity to his holiness and to his omniscience. And again, we, we, we get information and we try to get as much information as we can, the latest information we can, the most considered accurate information yeah. we can, and then we assimilate that and we assess it and we accommodate it and we come up with the conclusive best answer which we would mark wisdom. Yeah. But 10 years down the line, what we call wisdom today is, is stupidity. <laughs> That's right. So <laughs> man is ever changing. That's right. Yeah. For, God doesn't have to do that. Right. God doesn't do that, have to do that at all. <laughs> and it, it's awesome just how consistent the Lord is, you know, from Genesis to Revelation. He's presenting the, yes. you know, perfect perspective of, of who he is. You know, Pastor X, God makes it so easy for us because of the consistency in Scripture we see these principles from cover to cover, and all we have to do basically is to read it and right. to trust in what it says. Right. And, uh, you know, righteousness is declared throughout the scriptures. God's attributes of righteousness is illustrated vividly mm -hmm. by Abraham as he interceded for Sodom. Yeah. In Genesis 18. Will you also um, destroy the righteous with the wicked? It's a rhetorical question with only one correct answer. No. No. Amen. Amen. Shall you not be just with all on the earth? Of Amen. course. It's, it is a difficult, for humans, that's a very difficult question. Yeah. Because we don't have, you know, the perspective or the understanding that the right. Lord does. God, God doesn't give himself a free pass. And right. he addresses all those difficult questions that are, that, you know, are really, they're, they're accusations against his righteousness. Right. And, and it's interesting as you read that account in Genesis, it seems that, Abraham is aware of the fact yeah. that this could be taken the wrong way. I'm not sure. saying, you know, but, but he wants yeah. for the Lord to, to go ahead and say it. Yeah. And all those things are, are, are the response from the human perspective. Mm -hmm. um, knowing that, that God cannot make mistakes, but yet they're recorded for us so that we can understand God's actions in the past, that they're just, and that the future and the present is not going to have any different decisions. Amen. It's the same. And we need that. Right. We do. And thank the Lord, he, it's constantly in the, in the drama of human existence. It comes up and the Lord reveals himself as yeah. righteous and flawless. <coughs> Excuse me. Seems very similar, the righteousness of God, the rightness from a human perspective again, seems very similar to holiness in that it's an attribute that demands God is consistent in his judgment. It, right. it demands that he judges right. unrighteousness. Right. But again, the, the important thing about holiness is actually the source of that, of that justice right. judgment. Uh, though they're all equal call attributes, um, holiness demands everything else to perfection. Uh, his omniscience um, demands that perfection. Um, his holiness demands that perfection. And so that's important. Uh, the law was God's righteous provision for man to come uh, near him in fellowship, as you know. Um, mm -hmm. Paul tells us that the law is holy, just, and good. The commandment is good in Romans 7, 12. Um, but the law couldn't save us. The law demanded perfection. Nobody's perfect. So therefore, the law accuses us of being sinners. We fall short. Amen. So Jesus fulfills the law in us. Jesus didn't come to do away with it, to push it aside. He fulfilled the law. Uh, God sent for the Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and condemned sin in the flesh. Uh, he didn't just wink at it. Uh, he fulfilled it unto perfection. And so we see our righteousness in Him as He justifies it before God. We believe that He died in our place, paid the price for our sin, and therefore He can transform my heart and make me a new creature. So the law, I mean the system of sacrifices to cover Intended temporarily to cover sin? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, you have the different sacrifices, but again, the token of, um, of atonement mm -hmm. is blood. Right. From the very beginning, chapter 3, verse 21, where God sacrificed the first animal. Um, but the word atonement in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, it's the word kofar. Right. It's, we get a word cover from it. Mm -hmm. So it covered the, um, the sins of, of the individual, and they would have to bring in, um, depending the economic standing, but you had five sacrifices. You had the burn offering was uh, dedication and consecration. You had the meat or meal offering, depending on the translation, 
you fix it with your hands, some flour, different things you offer to God. You have the peace offering. When you have no sin, you just fellowship with God. Or after a sin offering, you would fellowship with God. Then you have the sin and the trespass. Sin is missing the mark. Trespass is a willful disobedience. Mm -hmm. But every one of those, um, it was blood that covered it. Uh, and so it was in true payment of the Lamb to come, Jesus Christ, in John 1, 29. And so um, when Jesus said, when John the Baptist said about Jesus' cousin, <clears throat> Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sins of the world. God schooled the Hebrew society, the nation of Israel, for 2,000 years. Everything in the Old Testament pointed towards the Messiah. They were in types, in shadows, in forms, emblems of the fulfillment. So you have the prophetic, which is the uh, type, and you have the fulfillment, which is the anti-type in the future. And they point back to each other. And so now we are uh, cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, as Peter said, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. There's no other way man can be forgiven, no other way the sins can be covered, but by the blood. And it was always a token from the beginning. Yeah. It's pretty sad that you know, through the, the last 2,000 years, rabbinical Judaism, which is what Judaism, modern Judaism has become, whether it's Orthodox or Reformed, they kind of absolutely missed, you know, the fact that right. God's purpose was for the Messiah right. to fulfill right. Right. that aspect. And that's, why, and that's why Jesus um, declared judgment over them. Amen. He said, you shall not see me hence, for he wept over Jerusalem. If you'd have known this, your day, the things that were prepared for you, but now they're hidden from your eyes. And he said, you shall not see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And of course, we know that um, in 70 AD, Rome came in and destroyed the city, mm -hmm. the temple, killed many, dispersed the rest, sold them into slavery, all kinds of things, salted the land in 132 and yeah. named it Palestinia after the Philistines, their perennial enemies. There has never been a Palestinian nation. That doesn't mean they were Palestinians. It means that the Philistines were the perennial enemies of Israel. And to rub it in their face, they salted the land so it wouldn't yield any fruit. And then they named it after their enemies, Palestinia. Well, there hadn't, by the time that the Romans did that in 130, 132, 135, no. there hadn't been any Palestinian no. Philistines for no. nearly a thousand years, you yeah. know, back to the Babylonians and the Assyrians took yeah. them out. There again, yeah, no, again. So people have bad history today. They don't study yeah. the Bible yeah. and they try to attribute different things. The land belongs to Israel. Uh, the land, the people go together and God um, gave them the, the, um, the title deed, the Bible. I remember I went on a, one of the trips with you guys to Israel, and yeah. uh, I was managing apartments at the time, and one of the tenants said, oh, how was your trip? I, it was good. Where'd you go? I went to Israel. She goes, ah, Palestine. <laughs> I just stayed. Yeah. And the whole world called that. The British, yeah. the British mandate called it Palestine. Mm -hmm. Palestine. Yeah, unfortunate. I mean, it's like, like everything else in the world, you know, twisted information with a, with a purpose. There's a purpose to the twisting of this information. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. You know, it, there really is, Pastor X, no other way for God to attest to his righteousness. He has to bring consequences yes. upon sin, or it has to be atoned for. Sure. One of the two. Either it's acknowledged that it's paid by the Son, or you end up standing yourself before God for everything you've ever done. Amen. Uh, one or the other. Uh, in Daniel 9 14, it says, Therefore the Lord has kept um, the disaster in mind and thought it upon us and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all the works which he does, though we have not obeyed his voice. Amen. So um, it's always in disobedience, judgment. God doesn't judge a person that obeys. Uh, neither does a father punish a son who's obedient. It's, it's very, very evident. And so throughout the New Testament, uh, also 1 Peter 4, 17, for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God, and it begins first with us. Yeah. What will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? So in other words, there's a severe judgment on the non-believer or the one who has rejected the gospel, which remains a non-believer because of the rejection of the atonement for their sins mm -hmm. and the uh, message and invitation of love. 
it's interesting though, as a believer, one of the first things I, you know, that occurs to you is the fact that you are much more responsible before God now sure. for what you do because you have a whole different perspective right. of what's going on in your life. Well, your you know? eyes are open, you can see yeah. it. You know? It's wild. When, you're, when you've got a blindfold on you and, and, and you're standing, they put you out and, they, and you're standing on a two-by-two two platform and it's up a thousand feet and you, you're not scared, but they remove the platforms all of a sudden. <laughs> You're pretty freaked out. <laughs> yeah. And that's what happens when you come to the Lord. You yeah. realize what oh my a you were and all that. Yeah. yeah. And it's what true. would have been if you would have died without Christ. Yeah. And not only that, and I think even people in the world, Pastor X, I think they, in some sense, they understand that there is an impending judgment against the world, that there is a judgment coming upon this world. Sure. sure. You know, I think I felt that way before I was a believer. Uh -huh. I, I realized yeah. that the world we live in is messed up and there's, a, there's some reckoning sure. to come. Sure. The thing is that the worldview has changed so much that um, the world used to be a place that where uh, the Christian worldview was the dominant worldview. And we've gotten away from that. So you've got all kinds of different worldviews and there are people who are living without any conviction. They don't believe God created this yeah, place. That's true. Or anything else. They, they, they have no qualms about living with a person or yeah. committing adultery or stealing or whatever. Uh, take the philosophy of it's our entitlement, it's our right to have insurance and to have a free house or whatever. Well, wh where do you get that out of? An empty mind? Amen. Uh, nothing's for free, okay? But again, the worldview that's pushed by corrupt politicians, politicians to use people, for their ends. Mm -hmm. And then once they get in, then they don't follow through with their promises. That's it's impossible. Yeah. Politicians yeah. and the educators. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 like me telling everybody on my block, well, you're, all, all your, your houses are going to be free. I'm going to pay all your rent. Really? I doubt <laughs> it. Wait, drop off the receipt. Yeah. <laughs> Please. I doubt it. <laughs> One of the things that regularly comes up in, in teaching, in, in Christian teaching, and yours, obviously, too, is the idea that every person is deserving of God's judgment. Basically, every person is deserving of hell. And that includes believers in a certain context, a certain perspective. Um, and that said, the scripture really views believers very differently. Sure. The non-believer, he will end up in hell. Mm -hmm. The believer, he's judged at the beam of the seat of Christ. So one's for condemnation, the other one is for reward. Yeah. Now, you can lose the reward uh, because of bad motives, the intent of the heart, 1 Corinthians 4, 5 says, but um, uh, verse um, Corinthians um, um, speaks about the beam of seat of Christ, uh, Romans speaks about it, um, and at that judgment, God will judge us according to why we did the things we did and how we did the things we did. If I did it because I really love God or the person, then I'll get some reward. But if I did it hypocritically for my own benefit with some hidden agenda, then, you know, the person receives the benefit here on earth, but I'm not going to receive anything when I'm before the judgment seat of Christ. So the judgment of believers is for condemnation, for sentencing them for all eternity. The believer goes before the beam of seat of Christ for reward or for the lack of reward. Yeah one of the two. So there's Amen. a difference between them. Amen. And, and honestly, I mean, it's been, people love to divide the Old and the New Testament, but if you go through and you look at it with a proper perspective, you see God's consistency throughout sure. Sure. how he, he deals with his people. Sure. Uh, I had somebody ask me after a service the other day, you know, about people who were saved in the Old Testament and you know and how how exactly does that work considering jesus hadn't died for them and and i explained basically they're looking they're having a confidence and faith in god's ability that he's coming to provide right. atonement for their he, sins he's, he's going to be born and he's going to pay for that sin and they Again, may know all, all the details all the blood of the sacrifice point forward to it amen so if they believed in the uh, judaism uh, sacrifices then they believe in the coming messiah the same thing that Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman that Adam and Eve believed in, same thing. So specifically, considering that the sacrifice of Christ on the cross 
is, you know, the, the focal point of human history in, in some way. When we see believers forgiven, how specifically does the righteousness of God show up in that exchange, Pastor X? Well, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that God the Father made the Son to be sin for me, who knew no sin, that I might be made the righteousness of God in him. And so for that reason, he cried out from the cross, fulfilling the quote of Psalm 22, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Mm -hmm. Two verses down, it answers that because you are holy. Jesus became the epitome of sin, literal sin for us. God being holy, Jesus was separated from the Father for the first time in a way that we have no idea. Not only just abdicated from the throne to come down and become incarnate, but now he became sin, an offense to his own Father. So sometimes we get carried away with the physical torment of Jesus, and that was bad enough. But I am sure that there have been men and women who have suffered more physical torture mm -hmm. than Jesus did. The impact and the significance of importance is that he was separated from the Father in a way that we will never be able to understand. Yeah. And therefore, he paid the price. The first three hours, the wrath of man was poured on Jesus. After, from 12 noon to 3, the wrath of God was poured upon him. And he paid a real price. The penalty of sin is death. And only a person without sin can redeem lost man. So Adam is called the first Adam. Jesus Christ calls the last Adam. So either if you've rejected the gospel, you stand in the first Adam, lost. If you're in the last Adam, you've repented of your sins and you're justified in Christ Jesus, as Romans 5, 1 and 2 says. Mm -hmm. And so he became the propitiation for our sins, 1 John 2, 2. He paid the, the, the propitiation means that the, he satisfied the demand for sin, mm -hmm. perfection of sacrifice, and death. Jesus did both. Amen. You know, from, from a human perspective, it's, it's a, a lot to take in. Um, I, I think about deathbed conversions. It doesn't seem reasonable that a person could live their whole life contrary to God. And then at the last hour of their life, come to faith in Christ and that that still allows them to be forgiven and justifies, you know, the righteousness of God. It's, it's tough right. to grasp right. from right. a human perspective. Sure, because we're looking at fairness. And we're yeah. looking at fairness in terms of not repentance, but we're looking at fairness of what you've done or what you haven't done. And though God is concerned about that also, He is dealing with the grace that He provides in the atonement of Christ to be able to blot out those sins and to make a new creature of you. Amen. That's a divine work in the heart of man, which the natural man will never understand or accept. When man looks upon the justice of man or fairness of man, which he carries over to God, he's looking at the fact that this person who is given a break, if someone murders somebody and someone steals a donut, it would not be just to let them both walk free. Yeah. And to an extent, they're right. But what we look at today in our society, the judicial system has failed. Yeah. All you have to do is look at uh, one of these programs, um, 48, or cold case files. And, you know, a guy will, will murder this person just cold-blooded, you oh, know, yeah. and just yeah. butcher him. And he'll get 10 to 12 years. Sometimes less. Then another person will... Just, you know, through an ordeal of a fight or something, end up killing this guy, and he gets life. Right. How? Because the, because the lawyers play chess. Yeah, that's it. It has nothing to do with what's fair or just. It has to do with who's the smartest one to be able to play the and win the game. Mm -hmm. That's what it's about. Yeah, it's kind of terrifying. So you know, if I'm gonna, <laughs> if I'm gonna give my life over to having someone judge me justly, I'll, I'll go to God. Oh, amen. Not man. Just, just like King David, right? Yep. <laughs> let me yeah. not, let me not suffer at the hands of men. That's right. You know, I will I'll, uh, appeal to the Lord. Yep. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Keep It Simple. Today we're talking about a couple of the attributes of God, uh, and we'll get back to you right after this message is.
Throughout the Gospels, we're witness to the apostles' humanity in their struggles and triumphs. Yet, after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, these 12 men would come to turn the world upside down. And it's from a recent study series that Pastor Xavier Reese has combined 12 messages highlighting each of the apostles into one CD pack or single MP3 disc available now in the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. In this new 12 Apostle series, you'll discover how Peter, James, John, Philip, Matthew, and all the apostles were not just chosen, called, and commissioned by Jesus, but equally enabled to accomplish the ministry to which they were called, even as we, the saints, are today. It's the 12 Apostle series, packaged in a brand new audio CD pack for $32, or in a single MP3 disc for just $12 plus shipping. Look for the new 12 Apostle series when you browse the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth. What is it that God desires for us? The sanctification of our body. The world throws everything at you. It's a constant tug. John puts it this way, 1 John 2, 15 through 17. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the other pride of life, is not of the Father but of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Check the online program guide for Pastor Xavier Reese's daily expositional studies here on Simple Truths Radio at calvarychapelpasadena.com. There are many familiar yet important figures in the Bible who are recognized for their strength and character. And while considering these strong figures, it's important to remember that a number of them are women. Women who inspire not only because of how they live, but also because of their rock-solid faith. And that's why Pastor Xavier Reese has chosen to highlight several scriptural examples from the Old and New Testaments for a new study series compiled together in one convenient audio CD pack or single MP3 disc titled 12 Women of the Bible, available now at calvarychapelpasadena.com. You'll be inspired by the courageous accounts of Esther, the widow Ruth, the disciple Mary Magdalene, and many more in this audio CD pack for $32 or single MP3 disc for just $12 plus shipping. Look for the 12 Women of the Bible series available now in the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. We return now to Keep It Simple and this week's discussion, addressing issues of consequence for the church. Hosted by Pastor Xavier Reese of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. And you're back with us here at Keep It Simple. Today we're talking about uh, the righteousness of God and also His faithfulness and the attributes of God as we're talking about those. We'll get back to those in a second. As we're beginning uh, the new year here, 2022, Another election year, God help us, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. all the rest that goes on. Oh, we want to remind people that they can communicate with us on the uh, radio broadcast. Yeah. How do they do that, John? Uh, there's a few ways. One is email. You can email us simpletruths at ccpas.com. Um, that's a popular way to communicate to us. Um, also on Instagram, usually the day of the broadcast, we'll do a little post. You can message us, you know, in the post if you want. Um, also too on Facebook and YouTube live, as long as we're on there, uh, in the little chat box below, checking that out. So there's several ways to do it. Yeah. To get the word out. But, um, a lot of people seem to like to do the email route. So whatever works for you. People are comfortable with that. Yeah. Now I had mentioned earlier this week, we are planning to be live streaming the women's Bible study, which the ladies, men's and women's Bible study meet today on Tuesday the 4th. Mm-hmm. We're back, and, huh? And we're tonight. back. Yeah, and um, as it happens, the women's ministry is not having a study tonight, but they're doing a prayer gathering. They are. And so they will not be live streamed this evening for Correct. those of you who are planning yeah. to watch. They wouldn't help the people out. They can't hear the prayers or anything. Yeah. No. So, so but tune in next week and be right back on We'll be on. back on track. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. So, again, continuing with the attributes of God, Pastor X, the other attribute that we were going to look at to do, uh, and again, these are the communicable, these are the things that God wants us to emulate and to pattern our lives after, um, faithfulness. Um, How how would we define faithfulness as as it applies to the attribute of God? Well, faithfulness is the attribute of God. It enables us to trust God, to rely, to depend upon Him regarding his, the totality of his word. In other words, he's faithful. 
He is, he is reliable, accountable, and true to the revelation he's given. He, 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 like we've heard the saying that uh, um, a man's word is his pledge, you know what I mean? Right. It's yeah. his, that's it. If you, before you used to shake hands and that was it. You didn't have to write a contract or anything else. You know, you're going to buy a car, you're going to build this and that. They shook hands, that was it. Uh, be a man of your word. Amen. Okay, it's even used today by those who are conservative and at least um, uh, from the old school perspective. And unfortunately, people are always full of holes. Yeah. So even the best intentions, people in sure. intend to be faithful and they're not able to hold up sometimes sure. their end of the bargain. Fortunately, yeah. God sees the big picture yeah. and he can do it. Amen. Yeah. In Psalm uh, 89, 1, it says, I will sing of the mercy of the Lord Yahweh forever with my mouth known your faithfulness to all generations. Mm -hmm. And so no generation can ever fault God. Now, they have fault, charged them, yeah. but they haven't proved him so. In fact, um, in the book of Isaiah from chapter 40 to 66, um, the thing that you will read continually is uh, he challenges the gods um, that are no gods at all to tell Amen. them of things before they happen so when they happen he can declare them God. Uh, because they were accusing of all kinds of stuff and everything else, never happened. Yeah. Never happened. It's interesting. You, you, I know you say from time to time. You know, people like to talk a lot of trash yeah. this side of heaven, right. but at the white throne judgment, yeah. there will be none of that. No, everybody's mouth will be shut. Amen. Amen. That's the truth. Yeah. And in the New Testament, you know, there in Old Testament, there are specific words that relate to God's faithfulness. Um, I'm sure that are very. It's interesting how. The Hebrew and the Greek are much more specific than the English language is. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're broader languages. And so once again, it's, um, it's, it's that which we believe to be absolute truth based on the faithfulness of God, His character, His holiness, His inability to make uh, mistakes. Mm -hmm. And so I may not understand. A perfect example is Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created, borrowed, out of nothing, yeah. the heavens and the earth. Now, I can't understand how that could be, but I believe that that's a faithful revelation of him. Mm -hmm. And he's faithful to his creation because he created it. He holds the balance of nature, the wind currents, the currents in the ocean, the seasons, the fact that he hung this stinking world on nothing and spun it a thousand <laughs> miles a second. He, he's, he's faithful to it. Amen. People are always talking about man destroying the earth and um, man would destroy himself if Jesus didn't come back. The whole purpose of him coming back is to save man from himself. Yeah. Um, but uh, the earth takes care of itself. Every time man tries to get in, you, know, you have people like Peter and stuff like that. They try to, you know, save the whale, save this, save that. And then they offset the balance of nature, and then they have other problems. You know, that happened yeah. with the uh, with the wolves in um, in um, up in the uh, national parks um, in Yellowstone, I Yellowstone, think, and maybe yeah. even Bryce and stuff like that. But you know, I mean, so man thinks he's you know uh, he's not God. Yeah. Uh, the, the God made a different species to um, reproduce at different numbers because of the food chain. Mm -hmm. God takes care of that. Um, you, might, you might not have thought about it, but God, God never has hired a, uh, um, someone to put a sprinkler system throughout the mountains. <laughs> no. He takes care of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He, he does his own irrigation. It's, it's he only does a good when, job. When, when, when <laughs> men come in and mess up the environment, then they have to intervene and recreate what God does naturally. And what people don't realize, too, I mean, um, it's interesting. There are commercials on television all the time about saving the polar bears. Right. And uh, how the ice caps are melting and the polar bears. And you look at these commercials, notice how the polar bear is always making eye contact with the camera. <laughs> and that's because he's smelling that guy over there. And he's polar bears actually hunt human beings. Yeah. They're, yeah. Very, they're much more dangerous than grizzly yeah. bears or other bears. Yeah. And uh, But the thing is, is these <laughs> animals are adaptable they're not yeah. they're not yeah. dumb god created them with wisdom beyond our understanding yeah. Yeah. and if the, the ice caps were to disappear not that i think they're going to yeah. anytime no. soon no they these animals would would survive but again it's all manipulating people's emotions well it's for Every, money everything that's done now is 
all the animal commercials copy the Christian mm -hmm. plea for money years ago Amen. through sentiment, yeah. through emotion. Mm -hmm. In fact, they even put mu Christmas music, uh, music of Christianity to it. It's blasphemous, mm -hmm. absolutely blasphemous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they, and it is, and it's all about yeah. you know political agendas and money and influence, and, and it's unfortunate. Somebody once gave me a book about animals and this and that, but it was trying to make it into a spiritual thing, like with God and sure. yeah. yeah, yeah, you're yeah. off the wall if you're not. If you look at the totality of the um, of the green people on every level, they're doing more damage to the planet. Than helping them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just see and that those, it's those a... heads of people, they know that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they're pushing their agenda to deceive people and to control. be funded by people and mm -hmm. to control people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a policy yeah. push. Yeah. They're just they're yeah. just trying to bring about a situation in the West. Yeah. They don't there's no there's no great movement to get support for the Green New Deal in China. Right. No. Not, no, not no, as far no. as I can tell. No. They yeah. pollute the air more than yeah. And then they don't even yeah, bother going to India. You know, the, the no. people in India are not going to give them the time of day. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> right. you know something Jeez. to be said there. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, Pastor X, though. Uh, you know, uh, God is so faithful in the scripture, you know, so important to us because it, it illustrates and it punctuates over and over again, you know, um, the leaders that, that the Lord raises up through mm -hmm. the years, people like Moses and Joshua who will stand forth right. and say, God has fulfilled his every word. You know, yeah. I, I, Solomon at the dedication of the temple, same thing. Absolutely. You know, he tells him, yeah. God, not one of the promises of God yeah. has failed. You know, and, and the scripture is, it continues, and we need that. Yeah. We need that reinforcement. Sure, sure. Because and, and every generation has that record. Amen. And has that witness, um, not only from scripture and history, but from their own lives. Yeah. Um, Anytime we get in trouble is because we've disobeyed. Mm -hmm. Anytime God allows a testing, I'm to endure. And he's going to be faithful. And so the problem is that if people are living a carnal life, they don't know if God is bringing this on them to chasten them or to test them. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> they don't. So, <laughs> but if you're walking one way or the other, you'll know right off the bat. No one has to tell you that. And so that's important. It's interesting because when you're not walking with the Lord, your whole life is confusion. Yeah. You don't know why. Did, did I do this? Did God do this? Why is this happening? Yeah. You're all question marks. But yeah. when you're walking with the Lord, you have perspective. Yeah. And, and that's not that people who walk with the Lord sometimes will go through things and not know why. Right. Well, Joseph yeah. didn't know at first. Yeah. Later on he did. Yeah. But he certainly didn't know then. Uh, Job went through some horrible things, and yet um, it was at the end where God revealed to him, you know, yeah. that uh, he was behind those things, you know. Um, and yet his miserable friends and physicians of no value, they were condemning him. Amen. And yet he ended up having Job praying for them. Yeah. And, and it's so, turnabout. Yeah. The book of Job is, uh, <coughs> people often ask, what is the purpose of the book of Job? It's simply this. God will be sufficient for whatever he allows in your life. Mm -hmm. He will be sufficient. Um, Paul in 2 Thessalonians 3 3 says, But the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Amen. And so um, we live in this world, but we're not of the world. We have, um, we're under different management than what we used to before. Uh, we still have a sin nature, so we cannot think that we're perfect or sinless, but we have to reckon that old nature and that old man dead. We did that at repentance in Romans 6, 6. We have to do it daily in Romans 6, 11. And the old man is there in Romans 5, 12, all the way to the end of chapter 8. That's called reckoning the old man. Um, Paul the Apostle was at a point thought he could still do it in himself. That's where you get in chapter 7, the autobiographical sketch of Paul. Mm -hmm. uh, the, 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 the argument and the uh, exasperation that he's revealing is not of a non-believer. It wasn't when he was a Pharisee. When he was a Pharisee, he had no problem. Yeah. He was righteous, more righteous than anybody else. <laughs> but he says, that that I don't want to do, I end up doing. That that I end up doing, I don't want to do. Or wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body? That not what, but who? Amen. So there's a point in time, we don't know how long, that Paul believed he could still do it in his own flesh, his own energy. 
if you notice, he moves into chapter 8, it's life from the Spirit. Yeah. And so it's by the power of the Spirit of God that we can deny, reckon the old man dead, to live by the new divine nature. Um, but we have to be careful to realize that they're always, they're always present. Yeah. We yeah. make ourselves available to one or the other. And it seems like this is a, a, something that all believers have to learn. Sure. You know, you, you go through the, the effort of trying to do it in your own ability depending on what it is right. that, that you're doing, yeah. and there's a necessary failure in that. Right. And so you turn to the Lord and, and allow Him to lead and, and to provide direction. Right, and it doesn't mean you don't do anything, No. but what you do, you do according to Scripture. You mm -hmm. obey the Word of God. As I pray, Lord, direct and guide me today, I get up and I leave my home. Yeah. And then I make choices based on the Word of God. You mean you didn't get up this morning and say, well, if yeah. God wants me to go to church, he'll yeah. move me there. There you go. <laughs> and you make decisions based on the Word of God. And I've been praying for him to open the doors for this job or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I knock on doors. Amen. And I pray. And I'm listening to what God is saying to me. And I'm listening to what's going on the other side. And that's the way God guides us. Amen. It's uh, pretty yeah. awesome. You know, it's interesting, Pastor X, we talk about God's faithfulness. If you think about it, how many times does God have to fail in order for his faithfulness to be questionable? Yeah, yeah. Just, just once. That's it. If God fails one time. Then he's, he's blown his character. That's it. You that's can't it. believe any of his word. Amen. And yeah. so it's, it's awesome that yeah. we, we can confidently assert that that has never taken place. Yeah. God yeah. is good. Yeah. You know, throughout the scriptures, we continue to see it revealed, and it all... The bottom line is it hinges on his word. Yep. Um, Paul the Apostle told um, Timothy, he says, that all scripture is given by inspiration of God, uh, profitable for doctrine, correction, and instruction, that the man of God may be perfect in uh, every good work, being equipped. And so all scripture means all the old and the new, mm -hmm. all the revelation of God. Um, 2 Peter 1, 3-4 tells it's inspired of God. Um, I'm sorry, verse 19 to 21 um, is inspired by God. So therefore, those two verses are very important because it gives us that the Word of God is literally God-breathed mm -hmm. and is the only thing that's sufficient to make me live this life in a godly manner and to judge things. And the text in Peter guarantees that it's without error. It's inerrant and infallible because mm -hmm. it was revealed by the Holy Spirit to the various men in the history. Mm -hmm. And so we can have trust and faith in God's word that it was imparted by the Spirit of God. Each man was merely an instrument, just like I could grab a pen with green ink and sign my name, and one with black ink and sign my name. Well, and someone looks upon it and says, well, there's three different signatures, three different colors. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm the one that used all of them. Mm -hmm. And that's what God did to all these men. Amen. And that's important. Pretty amazing. I mean, it's, uh, and, and it's, when we say, you know, the scripture is infallible, it's inerrant, and it, those important, those issues are very specific in the details of them. Sure. Um, and it doesn't mean that there aren't places in scripture where we don't really know what's going on, or we no. have all the answers. No, no. You know? We don't have any original manuscripts or autographs. We don't, no. So we have copies of copies. Mm -hmm. But it's very easy to rebuild that copy through the various copies that you have by comparison and knowing the language. And so if I had a letter that I sent out 25 years ago to 10 of my relatives or 20 of my relatives, mm -hmm. and um, I Xerox and sent out um, Xerox copies, and I had a Xerox copy left for me, and somehow I was searching for it, and I couldn't find the original. Well, I could contact my relatives. If I can get 10 of those or four of those and compare them to mine, then I'm pretty much able to reconstruct it. The whole thing. Even though maybe the Xerox machine didn't cover the L all the way at L, and, it could, and it's at the point where, it, is that an E? Or, a, or an L, or a T, is that an I, or is it cross? You're going to be able to figure it out. Because you know the language, yeah. you're going to be able to figure that stuff out. It's Amen. not that difficult. Yeah. So the amount of manuscript, we have over 5,000 5, manuscripts of the New Testament. Amen. Um, and portions and whole books and everything. Mm -hmm. um, the seven 
um, in the humanities, the seven most accepted uh, literatures are are scant in terms of evidence. Yeah. And they're 15 to 2,000 years no, after the fact. No comparison to the No scripture. comparison. They never doubt them. Yeah. Yeah, the, the New Testament was written within yeah. 30 years. Yeah, the, the Bible doesn't really get a very fair shake in no. the academic world, unfortunately. We see that all the Not time. Not at all, yeah. But, uh, you know, God is so faithful. Yeah. And when people trust the Scripture, that also makes them accountable to God concerning the content. And sure. That, that's sure. And that gives you great comfort because yeah. when I can depend on the Word of God, when things are going bad, mm -hmm. um, take the... Um, the scenario right now in the world, the um, the globalism of um, of the world against uh, the patriotism of America. Mm -hmm. um, as a Christian, I'm looking for the coming of Christ. As a Christian, I know that there's the Antichrist coming. So when I look at what they want to do to control the whole world through these passports and vaccinations or whatever, I know that that's a stepping stone to the ultimate Antichrist who will give a number to every person on the face of the earth after the church is removed. And so for me, it's a confirmation of the truth of God's word. Mm -hmm. God told us of this stuff before it happens. So when it happens, we know it's God's absolute, perfect, inerrant word. It's not too hard to connect right. those dots. You know, Pastor X, from time to time you hear people question why the Jewish nation has suffered so much through history. Right. And it certainly, you know, it's got to be a part of <clears throat> the accountability of course. that those people had to the of Lord course. and the fact that they denied God by their lives. Yeah. Paul the Apostle says, uh, in what way they have the advantage in every way. For to them was commended the oracles of God. Amen. The Jew had the word of God. God delivered from Egypt. The Lord Sinai gave him a land. Yeah. Gave him the promise of Messiah. And yet they rebelled all the time. He sent them to the Assyrian captivity, Babylonian captivity, and then the Roman captivity. Yeah. And a terrible judgment against them. And the them. judgment against them. Yeah. And Jesus pronounced it over them Amen. because they rejected the Messiah. Yeah. And so um, uh, he didn't do that to the Gentile because God didn't send the promise of Messiah to the Gentile, though mm -hmm. the Gentile were included as God told Abraham, and you shall all the families of the earth be blessed in Genesis 5, 12, 2. So they were included, but down the road. But the ones who were the, um, uh, the messengers, if you will, mm -hmm. the ones who contained the revelation of God was the Jewish nation. Yeah. So to them is a greater judgment. And you understand how, I mean, you see Martin Luther and the reformers uh, thinking when... You know, for 2,000 years, you have no nation Israel. Right. They make the, the logical jump that, you know, well, okay, well, then the church. Obviously, the church is the fulfillment of all these scriptures in the right. Old and New Testament for, for the nation Israel. But right. There again, you have the human rationale. That's right. And try to be conclusive in that. Yeah, not the that, case. That's called replacement theology, mm -hmm. where the church is now the true Israel. And all the promises that were given to the Old Testament of Israel now are to the church. That's completely heretical. Yeah. And 99.9 .9 of the churches and seminaries and Christian colleges teach it. And yeah, churches, yeah. Completely wrong. The Completely sad thing wrong. is, if that were the case, God would not be faithful. That's right. Because That's he right. has promises to this nation yeah. that he yeah. has to fulfill. They have to explain how is Israel back in the land Amen. after 2,000 years. Who yeah. brought them back? <laughs> Who kept them from being destroyed? And yeah. so, again, man's um, uh, evaluation of God and their um, clever thinking doesn't hold up to his uh, prophetic word. That's why it's so important that we stick to the word of God Amen. completely. Amen. You know, at the beginning of our segment here today, we, we identified, you know, these attributes, faithfulness and righteousness as being communicable, things yeah. that, that not only God lives out and that we see in Scripture so clearly, but they're also an example, and he imparts the ability for his people we have the ability to do right. these things. We can do that because Amen. we have a divine nature. We know the Word of God. Amen. We have a relationship with God. And the Holy Spirit guides us, convicts us, brings things to our understanding. Uh, so we glory in God about all this, not in ourselves. Yeah. God gets the glory. It's because of Him. I am what I am by the grace of God, Paul says. 
That's not an excuse for your sinfulness or carnality. That's the credit to God for all that you can be in Christ. And that's the important thing. And so we are to um, decrease and He's to increase. Amen. And so you might be out there listening. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And we would uh, like you to understand that Jesus loves you. He died for you. He rose from the dead. And if you would call on His name, He will save you. Repentance means a turnaround, about face. You're walking this way in the world, and then you hear the gospel, and you realize your sinfulness, your lostness, and that Jesus is the Messiah, that he died and rose from the dead, and that he's at the right hand of the Father. And if you believe that, you can call upon him, ask him forgiveness, and he'll give you a new nature and turn you around so you're walking out the opposite way of the world, like a salmon upstream against the current. And yet, your responsibility after that is to get into the Word of God so you can grow, so you can develop, so you can mature in Christ Jesus. Find a church that's going to teach you the Word of God, not entertain you. Find a church that's not going to move you by emotions. Find a church that doesn't have guest speakers every Sunday <laughs> or one that's always bringing in the big gun, so to speak. If your pastor is not the big gun in the church, you're in the wrong church. Your pastor should be the big gun. He's the one that should be feeding you on Sunday morning, Sunday evening, midweek, and all the other studies that are going around, it's to be the Word of God, the women's study, the men's study, the outreaches, the youth, everything. So that whatever happens from the church comes by this and through the study of the Word of God and not simply um, um, well-thought-out programs to hold people, to make sure they don't leave. Mm -hmm. We don't worry about keeping people. It doesn't mean that I don't love the people. They're God's people. They come by the direction of God, and they can leave whenever they want. Otherwise, I'm trying to control things. I trust that God has brought them here. It is His church. He has daily to the church such as should be saved. He's the one that calls people, anoints them, uses them, sends them out. And so sometimes God brings people here for two or three years. Sometimes for 10 years. Sometimes we've had people here over 40 years. But God takes care of it. If I start freaking out on who's coming and who's leaving, then I try to control things. That's not my business. My business is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and to teach the Word of God and let God do the arranging, the addition, and the subtractions because He's the one that saves people. Not us. And yet I have a great responsibility to make sure I'm faithful to my gifts, to my calling, and to my oversight of the church that he has given to us. But it is his church. It is not my church. And so if you keep that in mind, then you'll understand it perfectly. You open the Bible, read from Genesis to Revelation. Once a year, easy, just to get the content in. And then make sure you're going to the church where they teach you, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And God will do an amazing work in your life. But that will affect you first, then your wife or husband, your children, yeah. people you work with, your neighbors, and all those around you. And so the responsibility now is on your part, where you used to be blind and dead and trapped in sins. Now you're alive by the grace of God as you've believed the gospel, as you have embraced the gift of salvation, and you've called upon him, and he's made a new creature of you. All things pass away, everything becomes new. And now your hope is in Christ, abiding in Jesus Christ. In other words, you remain faithful to him. You're a virgin bride. A virgin bride waits for her groom. She's not out there experimenting or anything. She waits for her groom faithfully. He's coming. And so prepare your heart to come for you. Keep it simple. Don't make it complicated. God bless you guys. You've been listening to Keep It Simple with your host, Pastor Xavier Reese on Simple Truths Radio. We hope today's broadcast has informed, encouraged, and challenged you in your own personal walk with Christ. For more information regarding Simple Truths Radio Ministries or Calvary Chapel Pasadena, please visit calvarychapelpasadena.com. We hope you'll be back for our next discussion, and may God richly bless your day.